not a greater thing that can calm the storm than to hear the whisper from the Lord that says, I am with you. I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter what we go through. To know that the Lord is with us, it can bring the peace that we need. And this season, it's what it's all about, is to sing that, that song, to, to know that He is Emmanuel, God with us. God bless you. So glad to have you tonight. It's a rainy, cold night outside, but I believe with all of my heart that the Lord is going to speak to us and minister to us tonight. So we're so glad that you're here. God bless you. Get out in the aisles and welcome one another into God's house tonight.
before you're seated tonight, I want to do something uh, really important tonight. Scripture that's been heavy on my heart and the Lord has been leading me to and needs to lead me back to constantly is he says this. He says, cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. Brings me back to that because there's a tendency I have to hold on to my cares because I want to be strong and I want to show God something instead of letting him show me something, what he's already showed me, what he's going to show me. Tonight I have a very urgent prayer request. A friend of mine in Oklahoma City has fallen off his roof. Father to two, two young boys putting Christmas lights on his roof. He's unconscious and unresponsive. And I, I want you to pray with me tonight about that, if you would, if the church can. And I know that many of you have needs tonight, and maybe you can express those with, with an uplifted hand tonight, just situations. I'm just looking around the room myself, and I know the Lord sees those needs. And maybe if you're close to somebody, you can just connect with them, grab their hand or lay a hand on their shoulder really gently and just pray over them tonight because I know when we gather together, He's in our midst. And I know He wants to work and move. And let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you praise and we give you honor. And God, where there's cares and concerns, God, we are your people and we cast them upon our God. We give them to you, God, trusting you, believing you, knowing, God, that you care for us far beyond even the, the ability in our natural self to comprehend. But, God, you've opened up heaven's windows, God, and you've revealed your grace and your mercy and your love and concern for us, your care over us. And, God, I pray that you would touch and minister to every need that's represented. God, we, we give you praise and thanksgiving, and we worship you for your presence. We thank you for your power and your grace. And, God, I pray that you would just unfold all of these things, God, over our lives in such a way, God, that we might feel it and sense it. And God, we know that there are major, even attacks, God, that many families are up against and lives are up against tonight. But God, all the more, the blood that's been shed for us covers those things, God. And even where sin abounds, God, grace has or abounds even more. And God, we ask tonight that you might move. God, if there needs to be mountains that need to be moved by faith, God, we ask you to do it, God. If there's change, that need to be broken, then God, let them be broke in the name of Jesus for your power, for your glory. God, healing and restoration. God, we ask for those things too in the precious name, the precious name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for Stephen right now that you'd minister to him. God, we know whatever the situation is, God, you touch this father and husband and you'd minister, God, to his body. God, you touch his family, that you touch them in this, this situation. And God, I know when we you are very present help in time of trouble. And God, I pray that you'd be present there in such a way that they might feel and sense it. God, we ask for a mighty move of God. Turn it around, we pray, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we clap our hands and give God praise? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for that. We get down in the dumps sometimes, but we need to remember that God is great. You can be seated tonight. We're going to take up the offering. So thankful for the opportunity to give tonight. And I love the Lord checks our heart and reminds us that we're giving um, not out of obligation, but we give because of the fact that God has given all the more, that he's given to us. He's the bread of life. 
that's come down from heaven, and we're thankful for that. Also tonight, we are very thankful and excited, so excited about Psalms 95 and their Christmas, uh, their Christmas play. Are you a Christmas program tonight? Not play, sorry. Can we clap and appreciate them? So thankful for them, their leadership and ministry and servanthood. So many incredible men and women of God singing and leading us into God's presence tonight. We're excited for that. God, we love you and we praise you. We worship you for your goodness and your power. And God, we ask as we give tonight that it might go to reach more and more people with the message of the cross. God, the message of even this season that God is with us, that God has come, Lord Jesus, that you've come to save us and your people from their sins. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Jesus was born on Christmas Day. We're here tonight to celebrate the birthday of the King. We've come to praise him. For this is his birthday. Listen to the words of the song. Christ, we have no hope. 
And what a blessing it is to know that we have hope eternal in Christ Jesus. We are blessed that we are here today to, to be his hands and to be his feet and to serve him. We are blessed that we have hope. So listen to the words of this song, that hope has hands. Search of a child, they traveled so far, led by a star to a place of joy. Now the wise men tell of a beautiful story describing. a smile, redemption's blood has made the flowing, a temple to glow in, for life is a child. Oh, as
because we have hope. As we close our part of the service this evening, it has been an honor for us to be here. We have a song that you've heard a couple times before, and we're going to do it again this evening. It will become our tradition at Christmas time, and it is Christ Has Come. Thank you.
hear this song, hear the beautiful choir that did such a wonderful job. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. I just want to tell you that, you know, it's in celebration, celebrations like these and in moments of remembrance like these that, that for me, everything is kind of stripped away and uh, it comes back to the message comes back to a simple, meek and mild baby, a Savior that was born into this world. It had a, had a, a, a darker end there towards the end with death, but it's a beautiful ending with resurrection. It's in a moment like this that I'm touched again by just the pureness of the work of God, His story, the way that He brought His Son into this world. I'm just so blessed and so so touched, and, and I honor the Lord tonight. I honor Him for my life and for the work that He's done here at our church. If you would, for just a moment, would you lift up the Lord one more time? Just however you feel comfortable, we just want to honor Him. God, we thank You. The story is so real to us tonight. God, Your presence is here. Your work is here. What you've done 2,000 years ago was so important for right here and right now. God, the message is alive all over again. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your work. We thank you for the way that you care for us. God, we just honor you. God, once again, we, we commit this time of the year, our own hearts and our own lives, Lord, to push away everything else but to focus on you, to give you honor. Because the honor is due you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. God is so awesome. It's so wonderful. I want to share with you tonight uh, a message of hope that kind of ties in with everything where we're going. The scripture I want to share to start us out with is Matthew 27 and 50. This is the other end of the story, so to speak goes from 50 down through verse 54, and it says, And Jesus cried out loud with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly and said this. I hope we can all say this. Said this, truly, this was the Son of God. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for your faithfulness. We thank you for being with us. God, we're just so blessed to be in your presence, to be yours. God, we feel the importance of it all. Lord, we just thank you and honor you. Pray that you would speak to us, deal with our lives and our hearts, and help us, God, to hear what you're saying and to follow, Lord, exactly what you're doing in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. You can grab a seat.
we were not here earlier in the day. Our, our pastor is on his way back from vacation, so you need not worry. Next Sunday he will be here and he will be taking care of business. Uh, I also want to uh, say thank you. Uh, I know that I think uh, Cindy Robinson is on the beaches of Florida already, but we do want to thank her and Angel Brashear for uh, spearheading our decoration here. Her, them too, and a, and a team of folks came and helped decorate uh, our church for Christmas. So we want to appreciate them, and uh, we want to just uh, you know give them appreciation where appreciations due. I want to talk to you. Uh, tonight about the world that we live in, in a, in a dying world, in a dying world that we know all too well, in a dying world, God wants us to live. Let me say that again. In a dying world, seemingly hopeless, God wants us to live. He doesn't want us to just exist. We're not here to just Try to survive, just get by. God wants us to live. Important as the message is and the way that Jesus came in the manger and was brought to this world to live a life and to pay for our sins and to pay a price. That's all strategic so that we could have redemption in our life. That we could have a life to live that would be blessed and that would be touched. One that would now be possible through his son coming to this world our life is not over once we say, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. There's a space and a time between that moment and the time when we'll be walking on streets of gold. And those are the times that he wants us to live, not just exist or not just get by. For the child of God, there's a plan. There's a strategic purpose and a thing that God wants to do and work and bless your life with. He's awesome and he's mighty and he's just incredible. God wants us to live. If you're like me, you spend a considerable amount of time trying to keep your ears or your eyes peeled to the news this week. It was about this time last week we heard that, that there was, uh, you know, I had heard weeks and weeks and weeks ago about uh, fires in, in Atlanta or, you know, in Georgia and so many different places. And, you know, you kind of just think, oh, yeah, you know, the forest is burning and it kind of doesn't hit home every time. But it was about this time last week that they mentioned that Gatlinburg was, was being surrounded by the fire, you know. And for here in Ohio, I said this earlier today, uh, for us here in Ohio, Gatlinburg to some of us is like the Holy Land. You know, it's our second home, you know. You know, if we've been down there once, we've been down there a hundred times. We've ate pancakes at five different restaurants. We've bought uh, grizzly bears mounted on plaques of wood a hundred times. I mean... It's just a second home to us. But we heard that, that fire was coming, and everyone should get out. A lot of my memories of Gatlinburg are surrounded around Winterfest. I mentioned that this, is, this morning I can't go to Gatlinburg uh, and create my own memories because everything I see there is Winterfest. You know, every little thing is associated with, oh, yeah, I remember that time and this time, you know. It's crazy. But, but I know you're probably like I am. I was looking for details, you know, what's going on, what's going on, and I couldn't get enough information. You know, everybody was posting like, hey, where's Fox News, where's CNN, where's everybody? You know, we want to know what's going on. Is the pan pa can pantry going to be there next week? You know, we need to know. You know, so everybody was looking, and, and we were getting bits of information here and there. And there's so many uh, memories attached to that place, and I know our hearts were, were broken as we 
heard of one place uh, burning after another. I heard somebody mention a couple of times that, you know, they're just trying to save the, the main drag through town and, you know, they're, whatever happens, happens, but they're going to save that part of the town. It's very devastating and, um, you know, we lost some things that are close to our hearts. It's funny how, uh, if you will indulge me, it's funny how uh, things like fires or, or tornadoes, you know, it's like they kind of take on a personality of their own. You know, they go in a certain direction and they hit certain places and some places are left and you just wonder, you know, why. And, and we kind of get caught up in that because you, you, you might even talk to yourself when you hear of certain things happening. You're like, no, not that place. Almost like if you could appeal to the fire enough, the fire would have compassion and skip over, you know, certain places. But it happens and the, wind, the winds blew and the fires raged. And I think last I heard there was over a thousand structures that had either been burned or affected. People lost their lives. They lost their homes. Even uh, you can see picture after picture, and all that's left is a foundation and a chimney and maybe maybe a burned-out car. The devastation, it happens. To me, um, it's kind of a snapshot of life. There's a lot about life that seems like it's random, it's just out of control, and there's nothing we can do to to help it, to fix it, to try to change it. There's nothing we can do, but it seems like we're just at the, the mercy of what's going on and what's happening. It's a lot of life. And you know those situations. There, you lose a job. There's an issue with your health. Something's wrong with your family. It seems like chaos is happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's like just nature shakes over, so to speak, and we just can sit back and watch it, watch it fall apart. Are you there tonight? Are you there tonight? Is there a situation maybe you find yourself in that you feel like I'm just at the mercy of what's going on and as much as I want to and it seems like as much as I I try to hang on to a little bit of faith and hang on to a little bit of sanity, it's like the whole world is falling apart. My life is falling apart. Maybe you find yourself there, everything crashing down around you. It's a snapshot of life. Well, I want to say this. I cannot give you answers necessarily to every situation. I can't tell you why the the fire burned through Gatlinburg and people lost their lives and some didn't. Somebody's house burned and somebody else's didn't. I can't explain that to you, but this, I can tell you, child of God, is this. I can tell you that God is with you. I get a very clear picture of Jesus on the sea as a storm is raging and the disciples are clinging to a rocking boat and there's all kinds of chaos and craziness going and there's Jesus standing in the middle of it, not faced, not affected, not scared, not shaken. I know that God is with us in the middle of whatever goes on, just like Pastor Cameron mentioned a few minutes ago, in the middle of the craziness, we have peace and we have comfort knowing that God who's in charge of it all, who can stand over top of it all, stands in the middle of it and we can run to him and we can cling to him. We can find him. He's the one that that stands firm. He's the one that, that gives us life. He's the one that gives us hope. He's the one that has a plan that says, you can live this life according to my design and my plan and walk on streets of gold some, someday. Just like Jesus standing in the middle of that ocean, God is with you. 
you might say, well, yeah, that, that's cool, you know, the nice, cliched, you know, statement. I've, I've heard that many times. Well, I kind of want to jump into that and, and, and talk about that a little bit. For you that might be thinking, expecting something great to come out of this life, you may be disappointed to know that this world is not perfect. This world is not perfect. It's been messed up for a long time, back since the fall of man. It's been messed up in a chaotic and crazy world, and it's been a hopeless situation. But hope entered in the, in the form of a baby. Hope came into the situation to change everything. Let me share a few scriptures with you. Romans chapter 5, verse 15 down through 19. It says, For the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as though one man's offense, judgment came to all man, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in, a just, in justification of life. For as by one man's, man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience were many made righteous. The world is chaotic. The world is crazy. It's a, it's a messed up system at best. But we have hope in that Christ can come into our life and establish a life redeemed and a life of hope. One that is promised with an end where we will live for all eternity. Let, let, me, let me contrast these two, two points. Through the sin of Adam, there's hopelessness. The acts of one man would leave the world in chaos. Not perfect. It's a, a temporary place. We know that. The fire starts and boom, everything can change tomorrow. Our flesh is dying. But this is a thing we have to understand. This, this is the world we find ourselves in. And we have God by our side in this world. But we have to understand that through, through the chaos and through the craziness, we can let this world get inside of us and affect us. We can be disheartened. We can be just depressed, we can be down, we can get to a place where we, where we expect things to be bad and expect things to, to not work out. You ever been there? I've been there. A lot in life we just expect things, well, you know, it's just not going to work out, but that's okay. But that's not the life that God intended for us. God's intended a life of victory, one after another, after another, after another. And, and this is the trick that you have to understand that, that even in, maybe you don't get the right answer to the prayer like you wanted. Maybe it doesn't come out with a good report. But even in the bad thing, God has a way of using those things, working those things out for the best in our life that give us the life that we've been blessed to have. He gives us this awesome life that we can live that's full and that he can use to touch the world and to minister and give us the perfect life. And end, end that with a life where we walk on streets of gold. But we have to understand we, we can't let the, the hopelessness, so to speak, of this world infect us. I'll be honest with you. I know I, I, there's a bunch of craziness in this world. And the enemy is perfectly set up. He knows just how to come along 
and hijack any kind of situation and turn it to be the worst that it can be. I'm convinced that sometimes bad things that happen in our life are magnified over and over and over and over again by the enemy to where they just seem like they're larger than life. The attack is just crazy. Because the thing is about it is, is we can't let go of hope. We can't let go of God and let go of, uh, of the plan that he has to lead us to victory. But the enemy will try to convince us to let go of it. He'll try to paint it to where it's so bleak and so hopeless that we'll just say, okay, I, I just give up. But God has came to give us life and life more abundantly. He's come to give us a life that we can live. Christ is our hope. Hope entered the scene when the manger, when the manger scene happened. Hope entered the situation, a promise of life and life eternal. God's blessed us. That this, what this means is that situations in our life are going to work out. Things that we might say, well, you know, it's just not going to work out. There are things that are going to work out. There is life that's going to happen. There are blessings that are going to take place. There are the good things that are going to come together just like they should, and you're going to be blessed, and you're going to be raised up. Do you think that the enemy wants, that, that God wants to take your life and say, look how bad it can be. Look how bad it can be. No, God wants to show up in your life and do beautiful and wonderful, incredible things. He wants to raise you up and show the whole world, this is who I am. This is what it's like to be mine. Look, they're overcomers. They're overcomers through Christ. That's the plan that God has for us. He wants us to have hope. God's will is for us to walk on streets of gold. Life is working for your good, even when the house burns down. There is life now to live, and there's life to live eternal. Romans 8 and 9 says this. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. <clears throat> you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have, made, you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by His same Spirit living within you. The plan, the work is to give you life and life more abundantly. Life today, life tomorrow. To take you and move in you and do a beautiful thing in your life. We don't have to expect failure. We don't have to expect the second best. We can take life, the good or the bad. We can take it with an understanding of knowing that, that God is everything to us, that he's going to lead us, that he's going to guide us, and he's going to give us victory one after the other. A lot, a lot of times the pastor will say this. He'll say, he'll say, you can have your victory. You have victory. And he'll say, you can either have joy with that or you can have despair with that. If you're going to give God your life and your heart, God is going to work everything out. If it's not true, then the Bible is not true. The Bible's true and it's true. If, you're, if he's going to live in you, he is going to work every situation out to victory. So we can step back and say, you know what? 
I don't have to be as stressed as I think I need to be. I don't have to be in here trying to work everything out myself and try to make it happen myself. I don't have to do that like I think I have to. If I'll fall in love with God and let Him be God in my life, all of a sudden I will see victory after victory after victory. It's God's plan. It's God's work for us. God has come to give us life, not death. He's come for us to start living. So what is our response? And I want to give you three practical things here to think about. What is our response then? The first thing is this. It's just abandonment. Abandonment of what we think it should be and how we think it should be. And abandonment to God and say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in to your work, to your plan, to your will. I'm all in. That's the first thing. Number two, clean house. And, and, and this is what I mean by this. we got so many different processes and thoughts in our head that keep us boxed in, that keep us failing one time after another. And I want to just throw out a couple of these just, just for the fun of it. And what I mean here is a lot of times we will say these things to ourselves like this. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to work out. Uh, I, knew it wouldn't, I knew it wouldn't happen. That's an expectation. That's, that's like the opposite of faith. That's an expectation that things are going to fail. We need to throw that away. Throw those things aside. Clean house. Get rid of that, that crazy way of thinking. Uh, another example is it's sometimes people, they find their fulfillment in what others say or what others do. I know, I've been around people that, that would complain about problems so much that that you help them and help them, and, and that wasn't enough. They still complain about the problem, so you, you try to help them. And then after a while, they, they get mad because you won't help them with their problem enough, so they go some, find somebody else, and they have them. They cry to them. They complain to them, and they try to help them. They get their fulfillment in somebody feeding what the problem is instead of letting God heal them and take care of them. It's just a situation that keeps people running in circles. Abandon yourself. Clean house from crazy thoughts, and the last one is this, simply fill your, fill your heart with the word, fill your heart with truth, what it says is a promise that, that if you'll abide by it, if you'll follow it, if you'll listen to it and get it down inside of you, what it says is what his will is for your life, the victory, the blessings, everything that he wants to do is in this word, and if you will get it down inside of us, we can start living in faith and walking by the truth. And that will lead us to victory. Matthew 27, 53, it's kind of, a, kind of just a little snapshot of what I said earlier. Let's check this out. It, it, it's such an amazing thing that, that it's a faith, a faith builder to me. Even in death, Jesus drops on the cross and gives up his last, last breath. There's an earthquake and graves are open and people are resurrected. In Jesus' literal death, people are resurrected. That's, a, that's, the, that's a, a, a beautiful example of hope that even at the worst, God moves. God can intervene and do the best things. You may feel in your situation that, that it couldn't get no worse, but God can turn those things around and do something and make it wonderful. Your life is not going down the tubes. Your life is being resurrected. I want to end with this story. I don't know how long I've been preaching, hopefully it hasn't been a real long time. I want to end with this story, and you might have heard this if you've 
have been around enough media, if, if you've heard this story, I heard the story on 700 WLW this week. The story that came out of Gatlinburg about two couples. The first couple was a newly married couple. They were young. They, they were young enough. The guy said that they were so young that they couldn't rent their own car. They were that young. But they were from Wisconsin, and they got married on Saturday, a week ago yesterday. They got married. They jumped on the airplane, took a flight to Tennessee. They wanted to go to Gatlinburg. They got there. They couldn't rent a car, so they had to get in a cab from the airport, and they drove them to their cabin in Gatlinburg. So they're excited. They're having a wonderful time. You know, hey, this is the time of our lives. You know, just a couple of kids. No offense. Younger people. When you... After you're so old, everybody's a kid. But So they were just, you know, just kids starting out their new life. Got in their cabin, having a great time, hanging out, having fun. On that same mountain, there was an, another couple. This couple was from Preble County. Preble County is special to me. I'm from out there. So this is a retiring couple. They retired in March, and they it was their dream to go to Gatlinburg and have one of these cabins up in the hills, and they did that. And they were there. The story goes out that there's the fire, and the fire's coming. They put out all the warnings and stuff. Evacuate. You need to get out of here. The, old, the, the retired couple, the husband, he went out behind the house, down the hill, got his garden hose out, and he's like, I'm going to protect my house. So he starts spraying water. The fire is visible now. He's getting closer and closer and closer. And he's just spraying, spraying, trying to save his house. And, and this is on 700 WLW. The guy was very honest about it. He didn't try to edit the story and make it, you know, PC or whatever. He said that the, that the retired man was spraying. And he said he kept feeling over and over him from God that he needed to wait and keep spraying. Wait, wait, wait. And his wife was even in the house, and she's like, we've got to go. We have got to go. It is, look, this is it. We need to hurry up and get out of here. We're not going to be able to get out. He said, he just felt compelled. Keep spraying, keep spraying. Stay here, stay here. And this is what happened. The two couples were on either side of the street. And here came the young couple running from their cabin with no hope of getting out. They ran in the driveway screaming. The old man, the, the retired man, he heard him, and he said like that, he knew like, okay, that's what I've been waiting for. He, him and his wife ran to the car, they got the young couple, they all jumped in the car, and they, they made it off the mountain, and they were all saved. And the last report, the guy, <clears throat> the guy on the radio said that the, the young couple went to Nashville to finish out their honeymoon. I want you to just see that story. As, as death, hopeless, people that didn't have a way out. But God was able to show up in the middle of their situation and bring a life to save their life. Your life, your situation, where you're at. You might be going through things and you don't, you don't know the answer, you don't know the direction, you're not sure how there's going to be hope come out of it. But I'm telling you, God's intention is to give you life. His intention is to give you life. A life here and a life to come, and he's going to fill in the blank between there, here and there, and he is going to give you life. If you'll stand with me.
here in just a moment. We're going we're gonna to open up the altar. We're going to pray some. You're, you're obliged to come. Our ministers will pray with you. You can pray by yourself. I want us to be challenged to walk out with hope. To not look at the, at the dark and to look at the end. Some kind of dying situation. But to look to God and say, you know what? No matter what it is, God, I'm, there's life. There's life. Those situations that you brought with tonight, God wants to minister and have his way in those things. And he wants to show up beautiful and wonderful. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Your greatest need, our greatest need, comes down to our heart and us needing a Savior. Because without hope that Jesus coming in a manger, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, without that hope, we are hopeless. We might as well be out there all by ourselves facing life and just trying to survive with no way of guaranteeing anything. All of us need a Savior. We have a, a sinful nature. We all have come short of the glory of God according to the Bible. If you're here tonight and you, you need to ask Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, you need hope in the middle of darkness, in the middle of chaos, you need Jesus telling you he's here right here right here in the middle of it all with you ready to ready to forgive you of your sins ready to come in your life ready to start you over is that anybody here if you would raise your hands and say you know what I just need to pray that prayer tonight I want to give my life to the Lord I would like to have the life that I'm supposed to have is that anybody here tonight all right all right. You can raise your heads. Here in just a moment, we're going to pray. And if you want to come and find a place in the altar, you're welcome to come and lay down your situations, lay down the things that you're dealing with today and see God do something wonderful in them. If you want to come, the altars will be open. We're going to pray together. And if you want to come pray with one of our ministers, that's good. If not, we're going to be free to go, all right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you see into every life that's in this house. God, you see the struggle to keep faith. God, you see the struggle for us to, to just keep our head above water, so to speak. But God, you also know where they are. You are right there in their situation. And you're able to speak life over the thing that seems like it's absolute death. It's, there's no hope in it. There's no answer to it. There's no possibility. God, you see exactly right where they are. And you're able to move and do something beautiful and wonderful. So God, we ask for that very thing. That you would go from life to life, from home to home. And you would begin to turn situations around and move and minister and bring answers and bring direction to those things. God, even touch our own hearts and lives, that God, that we will not see so negative and so down, but God, we will begin to see your face. We will get, begin to see your hope, the possibility of victory. Lord, help us to look for it in everything that we face and everything that we come against, because God, I know that you're bringing victories to us, and you're going to have us walking on streets of gold one day. So God, we give you everything, we give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you our church. God, we ask that you would have your perfect will and way in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.
Like I said, the altar is open if you want to come. If not, God bless you all. We love you. We pray that you'd have a wonderful week. And we will see you next week. The choir is going to be performing on Saturday night at 6, or Saturday night at 7, Sunday night at 6, the big choir concert, Christmas concert. It's going to be beautiful. God bless you all. We love you.